Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Hetipu, Yim, Hotel, Indamana, Indamanesh, Nangadef, Majwo, Habargani, Salbona, Anisogoma, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings family, you've entered Africa's reascension. I'm your host, Kamal McCasey-Tahuti. We shall start off, as usual, with an apai or libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. Ago, ago. Ago, Odumakuma, Nyame, Nyame Wa, Treaty Upon, Mawu Lisa, Olorun, Amen Ra, Beje Ensa, Asasiya Ensa, Abasun Ensa, Abasun Po Ensa, Nana Sergebi Ensa, Nana Esiketsuwa Ensa, Nana Dada Kofi Ensa, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray Ensa. Nana Senkofa and Sa, Nana Kumi and Sa, Kweku Free and Sa, Akonade Abena and Sa, Asubonten and Sa, Bocherewa and Sa, Tamensa and Sa, Shango and Sa, Oya and Sa, Oshun and Sa, Chahuti and Sa, Asar and Sa, Sekmet and Sa, Nana Nome and Samanfo and Sa. And Saman for Abasur Fowl and Sah Abasun Abasur Fowl and Sah Yashrimo Yansa Yashrimo Ahodin Yashrimo and Chera Yashrimo Sikapa Yashrimo and Kwaso Yashrimo and Kwaso Abasur Fowl Ye and Kwaso I ask that you, Odumakuman and Yame and Yamewa, a treaty upon Mawu, Lisa, Olorun, Amenbra, use me and this form to transmit clear African centered theoretical and practical information so those listening can use it for their own transformation back into the sovereign Africans you made them originally. May I speak directly to their Sunsun, their spirit, their Ori, their spiritual head, and their Ab, the heart, which for Kemet was the seat of intelligence. And may these words awaken the long, dormant, and asleep African inside them. Medasi Pa, Medasi Bio, Mo Piafo, 
Mone Casa. Medas in Nananon. You Medas in Nananon. The Apae or libation is an ancient practice that is still done to this nanosecond in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now, enjoying strength from, and doing the rituals of yesterday. Again, I'd like to welcome everyone to Africa's Reascension. And we have a new promo, a new commercial that finally got sanctioned. I let a few folks listen to it, and they finally got back to me. But y'all heard the minute version for other people's shows. What we're about to hear now is the original version that was two minutes, and I had to cut it to one minute. But here's the new full-length promo for Africa's Reascension. Africa's Reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. 760-454-1111. When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. An uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. Seven six zero four five four one 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 one. Seven six zero four five four one 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 one. As of this moment, we are at war. There is no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace without without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau three zero one. K A M A U three zero one. What kind of God? Do you wish it? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If I must say, if I must say so myself, I really like that promo. Um, quick housekeeping notes, please. Click on all the ads on the page. This helps me out here at Blog Talk. Uh, we have a YouTube page, the Africa's Reascension page, A F R I K A S R E A S C E N T I N. I'll just Africa's Reascension. Of our archive shows here. Save them. 
YouTube and upload that I've done. Uh, Marimba, Amos Wilson, Dr. Clark, and others there, so check it. And and um, recently, last week, um, I, I was in New York and got a hold of um, videos that I hadn't seen before, and so I'm going to work on those. And we're going to have, I already see, we're, we're going to have some shows um, dedicated to the wisdoms on there. Um, got some uh, Mama Marimba on African spirituality, two of them by Dr. Carruthers. I don't think we uh, talk about him or pump him up enough. He was a master teacher as well. He was contemporary of Dr. Clark and Doc, Dr. Ben um, and Dr. Jackson. And, and, and I'm pretty sure I know why we don't talk him up um, like we do some other folks, but I won't get into that right now. But I'm going to make it a mission here at Africa's Reascension to get um, Jetty Shamsu Jehuti, also known as Jacob Carruthers, uh, more of his due, more of his, um, more of his um, due, so we can get more of his information out there and continue to move forward. Then I got some stuff for so then I was even cleaning up my room and came across um, some other page over the next few months or so is going to be hopping um, as I transfer some of those to the YouTube page to continue further in the expansion of African-centered knowledge. And then also here at Africa's Reascension, the blog talk, we're going to be popping because we're going to have blocks of shows that's um, that's going to be solely based around um, some of the information on these videos. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, if you'd like a copy of my book, How to Make a Negro Christian, go to negrochristian.webs.com. Um, you go there. You buy my book, $16.95, plus shipping and handling. And I have other books listed there for free. So if you buy my book, you get to pick one on the page for free. And about two weeks or so, you'll get um, yeah, Negro Christian. Dot webs. W-E-B-S dot com. You pick up my book, How to Make Negro Christian. Pick one of the three for most. Groups and a lot again over the next few months. So, So check it out. Check it out. Some other good blog talk shows that are out and about. Pan-Africanism or Parish by Taj Malik, Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. African Holistic Healing, Ambassador Asar, Mr. Holipsism, every 9th and 19th of the month at 9 p.m., and then Queen Isama, the true terrorist. And I just went to her page, and she may be changing her name to the true scientist. I don't know if that's one particular show or she's changing up her name, but but raw, 
Untut But Naked Truth, as she calls it, that's um, on Sundays at 7 for this one. She's from 7 to 9, then lead right on in Africa's reascension from that. Those that are out there that I've come across. Um, a few events that are coming up here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. July 26th through the 31st in Crystal City, Virginia. Basically, the D.C. metro area, all accessible by um, train, metro. Um, the Association of Black Psychologists will be having their 43rd annual convention. And the theme of the conference, Aquabin, Bridging for the Future Through Collaboration and Community Building. And Aquabin is um, a West African um, Ghanaian They all are not African-centered uh, Most of them are Negroes But there is a nice sizable amount Of um, pro-black and directly African-centered members um, Within the association Which has led me to be right now A, a, a happy card-carrying member And I paid my, 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 my commission fee do but wait <laughs> for July 26th um, to get stuff started. Um, a lot of good speakers, a lot of good presentations, a lot of good networking ability to find other folks with like minds and move this forward. Um, so for more information about that, again, July 26th through 31st in Virginia, you can go to abci.org, abpsi.org, abci.org, the Association of Black Psychologists. And lastly in this um, we had two long-time warriors of this consciousness movement to become ancestors. Um, Brother Gil Scott Heron from The Last Poets, that was a bad, bad man. Um, he was born April 1st in, in Chicago, 1949. He became an ancestor um, this year, May 27th. He was, he, he was uh, 62 years young. And another brother who um, I just found out who passed, and this one, you know, they all suck, you know, but this one sucks. I Thanks, Sprint. I hate you guys. That wasn't blog talk. That was my phone and Sprint <laughs> that dropped that. So sorry about that. Like we, like I was saying, um, Geronimo G. Jaga, he had just been released from 
prison, you know, maybe a few months or so. And, you know, he started speaking out out on the West Coast. And, and I forget if he came out to San Diego or if a group of us went up to L.A. to hear him. I think we probably went up to L.A. to hear him. But, but to hear him and, and, and to see that, you know, his spirits were still high and that um, he was, at that time, you know, inching towards and moving towards the, um, the um, cultural um, it just, you know, just touched me. The, the the whole thing again, you know, you you may be in the beast prison for that long. It's easy. You don't have to quote that again for to actually, you know, speak still full spirit and still box people and want to do stuff, you know, that just help give all of us a charge and actually and um just wins that um he passed. Um, they say it hasn't been disclosed yet. You know what what happened? What happened to him? Uh, may have been a heart attack. But yeah, just June second, just a few days ago, um, Geronimo G. Jaga became an ancestor at sixty three, born September ninth, nineteen forty seven. Um, he had become a, a he 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 passed in Tanzania. He had became a Tanzania national. And 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 he was on the continent doing the thing. Ha. Yeah, conscious man, my phone is tripping. I don't know if it's just because I'm talking about Geronimo G. Jaga. <laughs> or or it's just in the, 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 the general nature of what's going on. But anyway. So, yeah, so he had gotten his um, citizenship in Tanzania. And that's where um, he was, and unfortunately, that's where he passed. And hey, if you gotta go, you know, <laughs> and we all gotta go. Um, I'd say there's no better way to go than on the continent. And so, yeah. So if we could, for a moment, um, please give a moment of silence for. And for the Jaga. May your names live on in our memories. clips of up uh, 
getting to quite a few things. I want to play something. Yo, turn this motherfucking shit up. Because they used that black shit. 
the only reason we listen to the black Hebrews because they used that black shit. The only reason we listen to the black Christian nationalists because they used that black shit. And if we can agree that they all used that black shit, then why not go back to the black shit? That is Word. the mama which is made. That is the point. Why you continue to play games with me? You're using my black shit and covering it up with the bullshit. So all you do is wipe off the bullshit and get you the black shit, which is the only shit. It makes absolutely no sense to go to church. You go to church, you pray. You dance and you sing. You go to a white church, you sit there like a fucking monk. The difference between the white church and the black church is the black shit. So why not just go back to the black shit? Go to the most high point of anything. Go home before you was corrupted. It is a clear time frame reference where the only people on the planet were those black people. There was no Islam. There was no Judaism. There was no lessons. There was no gods on earth. There was no word for God. Just the original people vibing with each other. Soul, soul, son, beings. So I'm not mad if you continue to use my black stuff, but don't get mad at me because I refuse to be tricked. Give me the uncut thing. Okay? I said this before. If you're going to get high for cocaine, don't sniff the scramble. Get the raw shit. All right? If you're going to practice spirituality, get the raw shit. Stop dealing with the cut. Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Nation of God on Earth, West Muhammad, they all deal with the cut. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It ain't even hard to see. It's very, very simple. So I'm not trying to advocate or even say, well, they're using this. Well, if they're using that, why don't they go back to the stuff they claim they use? If, if they use that in, in their literature, right, and they say it's right and exact, then why not go back to the point of origin of the things that they claim is right and exact? If you're going to use uh, Timbuktu, if you're going to use uh, ancient African science, if you're going to use the pyramids and say, yeah, but if you created that, right, you already know if we take anything you're talking about, then why not go back to that? That is the fundamental difference. I refuse to stay in mediocrity. I refuse to be conquered by religion. You're conquered by religion if you're trying to explain to me that the brothers are talking about the black stuff, but they're still Muslims. They're conquered by religion. With the first thing that ever walked upright. With the first people that ever thought about reading and writing. Philosophical thought, mathematics, science. You cannot defeat your enemy with the cut. He will wash your cut ass away. That's why I say what I say. Because it's black African power, not black Christian, Muslim, Hebrew, God's earth power. That is no power. That's called lack of power. And you're suffering from post traumatic slave syndrome. Inferiority complex those brothers have. If you're Muslim 
and you're a black Muslim, you're suffering from an inferiority complex. If you're a Christian and you're a black Christian, you're suffering from an inferiority complex. If you're a nation gods on earth, you're suffering from an inferiority complex because you're saying that some people came in and gave you something and now you accept it, meaning your system was inferior to what was brought into you. And I refuse to do that. I absolutely, positively, beyond the shadow without love, that quote. <laughs> that was from the Amin Ross squad. Um, and then before that, of course, um, Dead Press, I'm an African. Um, I'm trying to get all of the songs that I've come across directly talked about as African. Um so, so yeah, if you know some other ones, uh, please shoot them to me, and, 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 and I'll dig them up and find them and start playing them. Um, we need to beat that horse uh, until, it become, until it turns into glue for us, until it sticks to us, um, that identity piece, because we, we have to know who we are. If, if you've been following this, uh, directly or been listening to some of the archives of recent, you know, we're sort of in a identity confusion block of information. And hopefully I'll get some time and we'll uh, wrap it up. I, I'm putting together some stuff uh, for our part three. Hopefully, maybe next week. Uh, but Again, I, I just hearken back to um, Baba Baye Kesbame Ra out of San Diego, who was the first person that I heard say, you know, while the boy said the um, problem of the 20th century century will be the color line, the problem, Baba Baye said that the problem of the 21st century will be the culture line. Um, and then elephanting back off of that, um, Baba Ajayakoto out here in D.C. made the statement at one of the Sankofa conferences that right now the space and the place that we're in, the majority of our energies and focus needs to be on clarifying who we are, clarifying the identity piece. And so I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That, that me, myself, and Brother Holip and some other folks are ready to start putting plans in motion to move forward, to, to, to create the community that we talk about, to create some, you know, small-scale industries that, we're, that, that, that we all talk about. And we, we'll, we'll probably still be knuckleheads and do that also right now, but as as I get on these blog talk shows, as I get in the chat, as I see what's being said and typed and all that sort of stuff, both of those brothers, <laughs> both of those elders are, are right, I would say, right lock in step with the time right now. And us young folks, we may be a little bit ahead of what's going on. We do need plans. We do need to move forward and do some stuff. But this Moorish thing, this black socialist thing, this uh, 
still want to be absolutely everything else other than being who we are as African people. We don't understand the totality of what that means. We don't understand how important that is. We we do not have a good understanding of what culture is. And, again, I've tried in the archives, in some of the archive programs, to break down, um, as Wade Nobles has done, um, Baba Burko, there's three stages of culture. However, when we <laughs> get together and talk about culture, we usually are just stuck at that first level, which is the surface level. You have, brief recap, you have the surface level of culture, the ideational level of culture, and then the assumptions level of culture. Now, that's my wording of it. If you read Baba Nobles, he, I think, he does manifestations, and then he still has the second level of ideas, ideology, worldview, and then I think the um, the deepest level, what I call the assumptions level, I think he says that's manifestations. So I'll get the, the specifics or just look in some of the archives where I had those specific notes right in front of me, but I like my breakdown. The, the surface level, the ideational level or the level of ideas, and then the assumptions level, the deepest level. And right now we, the majority of us, are stuck on the surface level. So therefore, the majority of what we are dealing with, when they talk about culture, is clothes, is hair is names, is food. And all of those are important. In the re-Africanization process, the surface level must be retransformed as well. So you got to get your palate up to snuff for African foods. You got to get your ears tuned for African music, the traditional stuff as well as um, making room for the contemporary stuff. Um, changing the ideas, changing the hair, changing the diet, changing the – all of that is important. But since a lot of folks don't have this deeper understanding of culture, we get stuck at that surface level and think that that's it. We have some folks who are making the entire movement health. Now, I would never, ever, ever talk against healthy eating, <laughs> healthy living, health, all of that. That is uber important. If your health is bad, you're not around, so you're going to die, so you, you ain't around. So, yeah, I fully understand the importance of the health piece, but the entire movement is not health. If you get all your health squared away 100%, but you still praying to Jesus Allah, you still um, only speak English, you still only think within the framework of the European reality, you just got good health, but you're still, um, you still haven't properly de-whitenized enough, you still haven't properly re-Africanized enough, you've just got the health piece down. You got some folks, 
who are basing the totality of the movement on spirituality, on returning to African spirituality. And you know here at Africa's Reascension, that's one of our passions, that the, the returning home to our spirit, throwing Jesus, Allah, um, all those other foreign things into the ash can of history. However, Kamal McCasey Tahuti is also not blinded enough to just think that if we totally, 100% only call upon Tigray and, 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 and Heru Kahuti and Oya, that the struggle is done. No, 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 no. Because, again, the, the, the mindset has to change. The behavior has to change. Other things still have to change. So just doing the spirit piece alone is not the way to go. And so culture is the totality of your existence. It's, in simple terms, your blueprint for living. It tells you um what to value, what not to value. Your culture tells you what to like, what to dislike. Your culture tells you who your friends are, who your enemies are. Culture is an overarching umbrella of the t- over the totality of human existence. There is nothing that humans do that operate outside of culture. Nothing. And so these people who don't understand culture, who de-emphasize culture, who are still stuck in the 60s battle of the Panthers versus the Us organization, you miss this cultural death. I'm going to go on record. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, I'll say it. Ron Everett. Malana Karanga of the 60s especially did African culture a disservice. Yes, I said it. And that disservice is still being felt today, 2011 Gregorian calendar, where a lot of folks still do not want to deal with the cultural piece of this Revolution of this movement because of his influence, because of how he interpreted certain things and then moved forward on them. That was back in the 60s. There's been a whole lot more information, a whole bunch of new people, you know, who, who've come and who have uh, went deeper into things. And so if folks could get past that piece and look at some of the other information that's out there dealing with the African cultural piece, um, I think then we could move forward, move farther along than where we are right now. But but with some of the folks that I talk to and interact and deal with, and you hear their other abhorrence of culture, then when you start talking to them and you find out that it goes, that they have gotten enamored with the um, 
violent revolutionary times of our history in the 60s and the guns and the Panthers and, and, and SNCC when they left the nonviolent peace and revolutionary after they get caught up in all of that as if the movement is still there. We have continued on since the 60s, y'all. We have added to a lot of the information that at that time was just being understood. That was just being unearthed. It's unearthed now. The dust is off of it now, and a lot of it has been refined. So now instead of overemphasizing the Panthers and their revolutionary stance and the guns and the death that followed in the Panthers' wake, the aspect, I, I would say the aspect of the Panthers that we need to be glomming onto is, one, their decentralized organizational hierarchy, meaning that even when they did throw Bobby Seale in prison, even when they did throw Huey Newton in prison, the Panthers still went forward. They knew, FBI caucuses knew they couldn't just kill one or two of them and the whole thing died. They had to work out plans to more destabilize the Panthers. And unfortunately, you know, that that, that happened. <laughs> and we got the new Black Panther Party now, which the old, the old Black Panther Party totally disavows the new Black Panther Party, and the new Black Panther Party doesn't have too much good to say about the old, all that sort of stuff. But what we can say is that the decentralized organizational hierarchy of the Panthers, that's an aspect that we need to reduplicate. Another aspect they redu- that, that needs to be reduplicated from the Panthers is um, – they're they're being in with the people and actually having buildings and, and, and the clinics and the lunches and all that sort of stuff. The asterisk that I would put there is that we would have to fund that next. The major and, and if you read their document, if you read um, Taste for Power by Elaine Brown, if you read Revolutionary Suicide by Huey. If you read, you know, even David Hilliard has come out with a few books. Now, if you read those documents, they will tell you themselves that the majority of the programs that we love, that the Panthers did, was funded by the white leftist liberals. Of course, black folks gave some money, and of course, black folks, you know, helped out financially. But the majority of their economic boom came from white left liberals. So in looking back in our past and figuring out what to take from it, we definitely have to reduplicate the clinics. We definitely have to reduplicate the discipline that they had. We definitely have to reduplicate feeding our people. But we have to be the primary financiers. And then if white left liberals want to contribute, they can, but their monies won't be in the totality their monies won't be, you know, the primary focus because then there'll be some strings and then we'll have to um, limit what we can say and what we can do. And we can't be doing that at this very, very late date um, in history for African people. 
um, in America especially. We have to be the dictators of the plans that we put in place. We have to be the 100% or 98% dictators of the programs that we create. And the best way that we can do that is by funding those programs. So if we're not getting the majority of our money coming from white folks, from Caucasoids, then we can do what we want to do, how we want to do it, so we can create new people. So those two aspects of the Panthers are things that we need to be reintegrating and reconnecting to. Um, the gun talk, the gun toting and the heavy talk, uh, hmm. the heavy talk can rally the troops, and the gun toting, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We, Within the context of creating an African nation, the gun toting fits in there as the army. The gun toters should not be the totality of the movement. That, again, is another thing that we, in, in not doing this systematically, mess up in. Again, folks, ah, new folks who just became conscious, you know, two years ago, in our unsystematic approach to consciousness, which is a damn shame and it irks the heck out of me, we come across all of that Panther literature. We come across all that, you know, the 60s and the revolutionary time. So a lot of us jump onto that. That's what we need to do, man. Yeah, fuck the pig down. And for folks that know me, you know, I, ain't had, I, I don't have love for him, and I, I'm trying to figure out a whole bunch of ways to do other stuff that I ain't going to say on Blog Talk. However, in putting together the nation, the army fits in there, but the army is not the nation. Guns, missiles, rockets, tanks, all that protect the nation. But all of those things, just in of and in themselves, is not the nation. And part of the problem is there's not enough of us that are actually working on creating the nation, creating the larger community, creating that sort of stuff, so that the, 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 the folks that want to do the banging can fit into. So without that umbrella apparatus, we get caught up in the banging piece as the totality of. And so I would like to put myself in in one of those architects of creating the nation positions with a long list of other people so that then we can have an outlet for those people who do want to bang on the beast. Because we need that energy. We need that fiery energy. We need that Ogun energy. Again, it comes back to culture. Within a proper within our proper cultural context, that Shango energy, that Dada Kofi energy, that Ogun energy within the men and the women would be properly channeled, would be properly focused within our cultural context. 
since we are out of that culture context and since we're a lot of us are fighting the rebuilding of that cultural context. You have all this warrior energy that's just running out here and running amok, either running amok in the communities, being stupid and, and killing folks with white pieces of chemically created shit purposefully to keep our community in disarray, or and or you get that warrior energy within consciousness the ju- within the conscious movement that wants to get everyone a gun in their hand, that wants to get everybody banging on the beast without understanding that that's not going to be everyone's nature. The bangers can't talk against the folks who are in the movement who don't want to bang, who want to create different aspects of the nation. And those creators of different aspects of the nation shouldn't talk about <laughs> the bangers, the ones who want to bang on the beast. We have to be arm in arm in this nation in peace. And both sides must understand that both sides are necessary. Because some something that I don't think I have hear any talk about on any blog talk shows, those I listened in the beginning <laughs> and, and other ones that I didn't list. What will our African nation look like after the revolution? When we are back in peacetime, but we're controlling our affairs, what will that nation look like? Is there anybody talking about that, thinking about that right now at this day of time? And 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 I know that you know we're we're far far from that time. Might not even see it in our lifetime. But as Baba Amos again, Baba Amos Wilson, he talks about this, and, and I, I need to get the the actual clip and get it on here one time. He talks about how we have to, some of us at least, have to pull ourselves out of the specificity of the present and and abstractly begin to think about the future that we want to create. Now, he's not saying that in the sense of pie in the sky and forget about what's going on right now. He's saying that for if you want to create a future, if you want to create what African society will look like in the next 100 years, that creation starts right now. So if you pull yourself out of the present and think about what you want to create in the future, that then sort of starts giving you a bit of a blueprint of what to do now to get to that end goal. So you have to start projecting towards the future. You have to start projecting towards what will African life look like 
when this is all over, when we are back in our right mind, how will we be living? But we got to start putting those things into place now. The children that we will create, what world will they be going into? We have some say over that right now as black folks. However, (laughs) it's up to first us knowing our African selves, knowing the importance of culture, knowing how devious this beast is, knowing that you will never be an American if you live in America and you're African, knowing that you will never be French and English and, and Dutch and Austrian. You will never be none of these other things. You will only be forever an African person. These Caucasoid people will never, ever take care of you. So once you got that clear, then you start saying, okay, how can I make my life the best where I'm at on on these culturally mandated terms? That's individually. Then how can I make my family how can I make my family's life the best that I can under our African culturally mandated terms? Then how can I make other those other families and individuals of like minds who I've hooked up with, how can we then make our lives better based on these culturally mandated terms? And th- but you, you, you see where I'm going? From that community, then you get that nation. Then you get that international. But it starts with that individual. It starts with that family. And all of that that I just said starts from pulling yourself out of the immediacy of what's going on, projecting to to the future what you want the future to look like, and then coming back to reality, (laughs) coming back to the present time, and then moving forward on those plans that you and the other folks laid out. Culture is key and critical. (coughs) One moment. (coughs) Excuse me. Need some water there. So on that note, excuse me, while I try to get my voice back, play some more music, another clip, and we'll be back.
where you're separated from yourself. You're separated from your real self. You're separated from your potential. And there's a vacuum created, and there's also a pain created as well. A, a vague feeling of discomfort and dis-ease that's extremely discomforting. The individual then must relieve this pain and must relieve this emptiness that has occurred as a result of being separated from who he or she really is. The individual asks who he or she really is and somehow must arrive at an answer. When other people who rob you and separate you from yourself, and this is the essence of brainwashing, you see, to separate the individual from his identity, to make him uncomfortable, to make him confused, to make him suffer pain, and say, now, if you think about yourself this way, if you see yourself this way, this is, if, you, if you assume that this is who you are, you will come together again, and you will be healed, or you will be at one with yourself. In this way, then, a false and artificial identity is placed within the person. And the person will often identify with that input or that false uh, introjected soul. And because it brings them a certain amount of comfort, or because it, they see it as protecting them against destruction or annihilation and so forth, they will cling to it and see it as a part of themselves. And in this sense, then, blacks have been made to think to a good extent that by escaping the African self and trying to deny their color and trying to escape African culture and so forth, they have opened, we have opened ourselves up to being implanted with a white demon. And it is that white demon in us that manipulates our bodies and manipulates our minds. It is one of the reasons why we lose self-control. We say things that we know we shouldn't be saying, but we can't, what, help ourselves. We eat things that we know we shouldn't be, what, eating, but the appetite is out of control, you see. And if you look at what you say, if you look at what you eat, if you look at what you desire, you will see all those things that you eat, that you desire, that you want, are things that maintain and enrich white folk. It means then that the demon that's implanted in the place of the real African self is a demon that works for its creator, you see, and it works to maintain its creator in a place of domination. That is why the process of reclaiming our African selves and coming back to ourselves is a process of exorcising devils. And that is the reason why a reclamation of ourselves is a reclamation of health, a reclamation of self-control, and a reclamation of love, and a reclamation of positive relations between black men and black women and between ourselves and the world. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Culture piece is so so deep. This identity piece. Um, before we continue, uh, first I would just want to say thank you to everyone, Madassi, who's um, 
been favoriting the show just from when I was on. I got two more followers to the show. Um, Modassi to y'all for that. Um, Modassi for everyone um, who's been following us, bouncing around with us, um, who, who's been here from the beginning. We was an hour, then uh, went to 30 minutes, then went over to the other network for a minute, and now we're back. <laughs> Modassi um, for, to, to everyone that's, doing, that, that's done that. Um, shout outs to um IAOB, to um yeah, Kepra, to 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 Kosua Kwame, Madasi, um, Madasi. I've even heard some folks um are putting these on CDs and listening to them in their cars. So so <laughs> other folks just passing by can hear Africa's reascension and that's I, I just I, I'm I'm humbled by that. That that the information um, is is hitting some people to to that level, um, so I just want to say Madasi for that, um, and, and hopefully we can continue in that vein. Um, again, if you want to jump in, maybe chime in seven six zero four five four one 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 seven six zero four five four one 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 one. Um, if you're on the computer, click all the ads that's going on with a program of blog talk, so that helps me out. Uh, and 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 check out some of the archives because I definitely refer to them a lot um, in the talks, and so you know have have that information down so we can continue to be the show of intermediate. African centered information. A whole bunch of the shows, other shows that's on Blog Talk is straight, you know, basic level. And again, we the majority of our folks unfortunately have no idea about this African stuff. So it's all um Caucasoid stuff. And so we need shows that, that are that are on a quote unquote basic level to get everyone in. Semicolon. <clears throat> All of our shows can be at the basic level. You got to be some stuff that has looked at the information for at least a decade and a half, who can then critique some of that information, who can then throw away some of that information, who can then emphasize over other bits of information, certain bits of information, because you've got a decade, two decades in this. So you have that, you know, level of understanding to work from. And and that that's what I'm trying to do here at Africa's Reascension. I personally have, have been dedicated to this struggle slash victory um, for close to 20 years now. And while definitely, you know, there are folks who have been doing it longer, uh, my my personal elders and my peers would definitely say that uh, very well read and a very good thinker, very good analyzer of certain uh, of information. And so, I hope I I, I bring that to bear <laughs> on during the talk show um, and in other avenues as well. So, so yeah, so. That's what we're doing. 
out. And the clips was um, some drumming from Mamadi Keti, some Master African drumming there. And then, of course, that was Baba Amos, Amos Wilson, breaking down um, identity and how important that is. <clears throat> to bring it back to culture, to tie it back in, had to dig out your rugu. African-centered critique of European cultural thought and behavior by Mama Remba. Um, and we're going to be doing whole shows on this sister. Uh, the baddest female, the baddest woman scholar that we have, African woman scholar that we have right now, and arguably one of the best scholars, period, that we have um, walking on top earth. As it was called in Kemet or Earth right now, Dr. Marambani. I'm gonna just pull some stuff straight from the intro because, again, too many. I'm gonna keep saying until I'm magenta in the face. Until we understand the depth of of culture and what that means and why a lot of us have been pushing the culture piece, we're not gonna keep. We're not gonna move forward. Um, I'm not gonna read it yet. Uh, there's, some of us just want political education. Some of us just want the economic peace. And 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 again, with with being in this for a while, if you give black folks money with the particular mindset and culture that we have, where will that money go? Who will that money go to? How will it benefit black folks? So if you haven't changed up the mentality, if you haven't changed up the culture, just giving black folks money will not move us forward, especially in the long run. Now, temporarily, you know, probably get a few things going, um, but in the long run, if that culture hasn't changed, all through the, the deep level of culture, the, the, the surface, the ideational and the assumptions, if the totality of culture in that vein hasn't changed amongst us. None's going to change. And everyone should probably, we, we have a tangible example now that just getting political education ain't enough. The tangible example is the black-skinned president that y'all voted for. Basically a white guy in black skin, y'all. No cultural transformation, no um, cultural allegiance to African people, none of that. But he is politically the commander-in-chief of the nation. We've got governors and mayors and well, we got a few senators. <laughs> but governors and mayors and councilmen up the wazoo and aldermen and all the other cute terms they got for them within the political structure. We got that. Yet, without that cultural piece, you see what all that has gotten. Now, you got a few good folks who are doing stuff, you know, on local levels, getting certain districts um, done up a certain way to benefit us and get certain funds to come to benefit us. 
But that, again, is on that local level. So, you know, a few council people and aldermen and heads of wards and districts, you know, that can be okay, but don't put the totality of the movement behind that. So just getting the political education, just getting the economics together is not enough. And and again, with the, especially with the political piece, I hope this present example, maybe even if another four years, <laughs> will will move us out of that. We just need a political education, brother. Just politicize the people, and then no, there, there's that that helps, but there's more that needs to be done also. Coming back to the culture piece, page four. Urugu, an African-centered critique of European cultural thought and behavior. So if you got Urugu, you might want to pull it out, or maybe you got this part memorized already, but whatever the case. Wade Nobles defines culture as a process which gives people a general design for living and patterns for interpreting their reality. Its aspects, he says, are ideology, ethos, and worldview. Its factors are ontology, cosmology, and axiology, and its manifestations consist of behaviors, values, and attitudes. These are, yeah, she's talking about her book. Let us see how culture and ideology fit together, how an ideological emphasis in the interpretation of culture is more consistent with its meaning and significance. If we look at the phenomenon of culture, we are impressed. We got to get this. We got to understand this, y'all. Number one, it acts to unify and to order experience so that its members perceive organization, consistency, and system. In this respect, it provides a worldview that offers up orienting conceptions of reality. Culture orders reality. Culture gives you the group cohesiveness. Culture gives you consistency. Culture helps orient reality. Number two, it gives people group identification as it builds on shared historical experience, creating a sense of collective cultural identity. It's culture that gives you group identification and group consciousness. And we went all into the depths of consciousness as laid out by Bob Amos Wilson in our um <clears throat> In our in our block of talks dealing with mass organization, are we wasting our time? I think that last episode is where I went into Amos Wilson's breakdown of of consciousness and what all what that all entails. And so here we again see that culture is that driving force that helps move folks into group identity and group identification. 
Number three, it tells its members what to do, thereby creating a voice of prescriptive authority. To its members, culture, culture, to its members, culture represents values which they themselves have created out of shared experiences as a systematic set of ideas and a single coherent statement. As I said earlier, culture lays out what to value and what you don't value, what you like, what you don't like, who you (laughs) should like and who you shouldn't like. Culture helps navigate the terrain of existence with you and you can't operate outside of a culture. This is why all these new age people really irk me, and 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 a lot of the new age talk even talks against culture as if you can exist as an individual, untainted, untouched by the world around you, just based on the fact that you have a language that you that you communicate with other folks, let it be known that you are not, this this world was not created just for the individual. It was created for people, plural. There, there, there is no such, in, in one sense, and, and Amos broke this down a lot better than I am right now, there is no such thing as an individual because an individual the only way, let me, let, me go, let me say it this way, the only way I think he gave this example, the only way you can have a real individual is if you're in a vacuum, you're up out in space in a spacesuit just floating around. That's the image of a true individual. But then what would be the point of life? Because you ain't got language, because you ain't got nobody to talk to, so you're just floating. Um you know, what you eating, how you dressing. You're not dressing nowhere because you're just floating. So the, the, that whole notion of this detached individual from everything is a fiction in Europeans' mind that we glom on to. Reality is about social interaction, social experience, social networking, socialness. And that's, that, all of that is dictated by culture. And so if you're not acting out of your African culture as best as you can, you're operating under the Caucasoid one by default because that's all we know, and that's what we're surrounded by day by day. That's why I'm constantly saying we have to do things consciously and deliberately. See, all black folks, all 1 billion, 300 million of us are African. No matter we read a book, heard a lecture, heard a talk, none of that, we're African people on the unconscious level. And, you know, spirit does what it can do to help to move us towards consciously and deliberately acknowledging it and acknowledging our Africanness and moving forward in understanding that. Does what it can. But if it's only operating on the unconscious level, then we get bombarded and we let the bombardment come by whatever culture we're in at that time. So for us in America, we get bombarded with Euro-Caucasoid American culture. If you're in England, you get bombarded with Euro-Caucasoid 
English England culture. Uh, wherever you are at, you get bombarded with the foreign culture, unless, as Dr. Clark lets us know, you have your cultural armor on tight, your African cultural armor on tight. Then you can go anywhere and interact with anybody in any experience and not get overtaken by it because you are centered in who you are and what that means and the totality of what that means. But without that, you're just floating around at the whim of, right now the dominating culture is Cogazoid culture. So we're at the whim of that by default. And I remember saying that, and and I made a whole bunch of folks angry, but if, if if it's incorrect, then correct me. If you're not operating out of, if you are not consciously and deliberately acting out of your Africanness, you are acting out of this this Caucasoid culture and reality by default. You don't even know it. It's on autopilot. Consciously and deliberately. We must be fighting that every single nanosecond. So tying it back in with point number three, culture is what can either help you fight an imposing culture because it tells you the values, it tells you the likes and dislikes, it tells you all that sort of stuff, or you take on the culture that you're in, and you take on those values. You take on those accepted likes and dislikes. You take on all of that. So a lot of folks are anti-African solely because the European culture has told them to be anti-African because they've taken on those values. As we know, a whole bunch of us, are Christian, <laughs> not because we brought it the hell over here, that's a bunch of BS, but because the culture that has been imposed on us was a, a quote-unquote Christian nation. And we tried to blackenize it, we've tried to add African elements into it, and we've done all that sort of stuff, and we see where our situation, our condition is. And so that right there should be the stamp that that's not of us and for us and we need to leave it alone. But, again, I got a whole show on that. Africa was and is better without Jesus, Allah, Muhammad. Check that one out. That that archive is hot. Number four, culture, still coming from Yoruga. It provides the basis for commitment, priority, and choice, thereby imparting direction to group development and behavior. Indeed, it acts to limit the parameters of change and to pattern the behavior of its members. In this way, culture helps to initiate and authorize its own creation. If you say you are African and you are committed to the uplift of African people and you are committed to nation building based off of the best of the traditional African values of the last 200, 300,000 years, then your culture will help shape 
the plans that you're going to put in place to do those things. Now, there's some people who mouthed the words nation building, who mouthed the word conscious, but they haven't changed the culture, their internal culture. They haven't changed their own behaviors. They haven't changed their own actions. They haven't changed their own thinking patterns and mindset. And that comes out when you talk to them about their plans for so-called nation building, so-called consciousness. If all of your plans for nation building is getting some crayons and blackening up the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, you have not done the proper cultural transformation. If you are talking about nation building and talking about consciousness, but the best that you can do for a political system is attempt to black up, more Africanized the Democratic Party or, or, or liberalism or get more of that. You got more work to do culturally Because we're going to need As far as politically We're, in my head at least We're going to need to really Look at Traditional Africa How they set up their political structures Really study that Like think tank type study it And then after we've done that study and research, then pull it back and be like, okay, how can we modernize this without westernizing? The same with the economic systems. Capitalism and communism is a bunch of crap, period. All the black socialists who didn't like what I just said, sorry. We're going to need, again, in think tank fashion, to study the traditional economies on the continent Again, we're talking 200,000, 300,000 years, so we're not studying a group of folks that just came on the planet yesterday. <laughs> we're not studying folks that just, you know, crawled out the cave. No, no. We're looking at systems that were in place that functioned properly for thousands and thousands of years. That's part of our birthright. And, again, after we're finished with that research, pull it back and be like, okay, how can we do this for 2011-2012 Gregorian calendar without westernizing? That's how we're going to move forward with this nation-building piece. And it's culture that sets up that commitment that gives you those priorities, that sets up the choices that you're going to make on what you're going to do or what you're not going to do. Culture helps you to prioritize this over that. Culture has you commit to this, but not to that. And if you're not consciously and deliberately operating from an African cultural base, your commitments, your priorities, and your choices, by default, are being dictated by Caucasoids. Number five, culture. It provides the creation of shared symbols and meanings. It is therefore the primary creative force of collective consciousness, and it is that which makes it possible to construct 
a national consciousness. That one should be self-explanatory. I shouldn't even have to say anything to that. For all of this unity that we want, for all this unity that we need, for all this unity that we talk about, we're not going to get it without consciousness first. We're not going to get it without some type of reclamation of our Africanness first. Malifia Sante was quoted as saying, and, and, and I should put it on a T-shirt, consciousness precedes unity. Color-based unity, oppression-based unity has been shown to sort of work in the very, very, very short term, but it has no lasting effect. The way you get the lasting unity that we are talking about is through African consciousness by fully understanding what African culture is, making that, you know, making that real within your life and hooking up with other folks who are doing the same thing, creating families, create the communities, create the nation, create the global Sankofaman creating that global African uh, world community. But that's not just going to come because we got black skin. That global peace is not just going to come because the majority of us are oppressed by Caucasoid. That's going to come from us changing our culture, taking it back, (laughs) fighting against this European culture, and then moving forward based on that group cohesion and group cultural consciousness. And then it rounds off, for all the above reasons, culture impacts on the definition of group interests and is inherently political. Um, And now she also at length quotes um, William Abrams and his understanding of the nature of culture. he says, culture, this is on, culture is an instrument for making cooperation natural. Its success depends on the extent to which it is allowed to be self-authenticating. Thus, it allows for internal discussion. The principles of decision in such discussions are themselves provided by the culture. By uniting the people in common beliefs and attitudes, Culture fills with order that portion of life which lies beyond the pale of state intervention. It fills it in such a way as at the same time to integrate a society on the basis of common reactions, common acts, common interests, common attitudes, common values. It creates the basis of the formulation of a common destiny and cooperation. If one looks at the West, one finds that this use of culture is well developed. It is what is involved when one hears it said that this or that belief will destroy a certain way of life and that that way of life must be defeated no matter what the cost. 
So there he was just talking about, you know, back in the 20s and 30s, they was talking about, oh, communism will destroy the American way of life. And so the American culture, almost as one, <laughs> moved to try to stamp that out. Now, of course, we could say communism, capitalism is pretty much the other side of the same Caucasoid coin, but they at least gave that big illusion. And so they they did move forward in trying to uh, keep America fresh for capitalism, if you will. And now today, you know, with Bush and, and Bush, dark Bush, Bush with a tan, um, <laughs> okay, maybe not that bad, I'm sorry. Um, Kerry called Obama Clinton with a tan. So that might be more appropriate. But um, we see them with this terrorist thing, and the terrorists are trying to change the American way of life. And so, again, the culture, this Caucasoid culture is moving forward almost as one. All of their, the media and the, the schools, the formal ways of education, informal ways of education are all in tandem moving forward to try to, quote, unquote, stamp out terrorism because it's a danger to the American way of life, quote-unquote. That's how culture operates. So once we get more lockstep with our African culture and we have more people who are about it, about it, ride it, ride it, in it, (laughs) then if we make the, 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 the larger proclamation that European culture is a threat to African culture and reality, then we will have all mechanisms within our culture, within our African culture, fight against that on the defensive and on the offensive. So within our schools, we'll be talking about it. On billboards, we'll be talking about it. Informal and formal modes of education, we'll be talking about it. That's how culture operates. And, 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 so we have to, again, consciously and deliberately connect with who we are and continue forward. The ideological thrust of culture is inescapable. It boldly confronts us. Culture is ideological since it possesses the force and power to direct activity, to mold personalities, and to pattern behavior. Again, I'm going to stop right there. Culture is not just the surface-level stuff and dancing and food and, 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 and clothes and hairstyles and all that. Culture, you hear, did you hear that? Culture directs activities, molds personalities, and patterns behavior. Continuing, this recognition implies a theory of culture. Um, Raymond Betts puts it this way, ideology is here used in a cultural sense to denote the verbal iconography by which a people represents itself in order to achieve communal purpose. Leonard Barrett has said that ideology is the spiritual and intellectual foundation of culture of group cohesion. Both continue. That's in quote. 
Both culture and ideology are extremely political in nature since they are about the definition of the determination. Simply, it's awareness position as from other groups. We think politically when we amass our group interests that are compatible with or in opposition to ours. We act politically when our behavior and strategies reflect those assessments. And I for political consciousness. So what did we say earlier? Folks that just want the economic piece, folks that just want this political piece, without the culture piece, based on what I just read, are missing one of the essential elements of getting what you want, that cultural piece. Cultural identification and ideological ideological commitment are basis for political consciousness. So I just wanted to read the deep definition of culture into the record so that we can have that basis. Play one more quick clip, then bring it to a close as we address something that really should be moved away from so we can move forward because I think it's really tripping up a lot of us right after this. Africa's reascension, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301 K-A-M-A-U 301 760-454-1111 When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern Because it's black an uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African-centeredness. Seven six zero four five four one 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 one. Seven six zero four five four one 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 one. As of this moment, we are at war. There is no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace without without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau three zero one. K A M A U three zero one. What kind of God? Do you wish it? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. 
blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. Because the way the system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work, and they will lose their control. We should always begin with the African worldview, with the African Asili, as it were, the Asili, the cultural seed, the essence of the culture. Because that is our grounding. That is our frame of reference. And without an understanding of the African worldview, we really cannot um, critique European thought and European behavior effectively. We need that foundation that comes from outside of the European worldview. We cannot critique European thought and behavior functioning within their framework. We have to come outside of it. And for us, what comes from our nature um, is our understanding of the world, the way in which we relate to the world, and the seed from which our culture develops. And All right. So, play my promo again, because I really, really like it. And probably do a YouTube piece on it. And so, again, don't forget Africa's Reascension does have a YouTube page. It's just Africa's Reascension, all one word, um, Africa's Reascension channel. Um, we've got visual clips of segments of some of these archives. Um, I've saved a lot of favorites on there. Then I've uploaded quite a bit as well. Uh, and I'll be uploading a lot, lot more in the near future. So um, check that out again up on YouTube, Africa's Reascension channel. Um, Africa's Reascension, all one word. And then um, those were two clips from Mama Marimba Ani. You know, since we talked from her book, might as well hear some of her words too. Um, I, I this this probably be the first time I've spoken directly about this, and because at first I was just like, okay, it's it's a passing thing and ain't going to be no need to really address it. Uh, but it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up in the in the so-called conscious communities. Out here in the East Coast, actually, um, I'm talking about the Moors. When I was on the West Coast, um, coming into this conscious thing, as we call it, or better said, coming back into my Africanness, um, there is no Moorish contingent out there on the West Coast, at least back in the late 90s, 90s to, to 2000. And it's probably not out there now. Um, our biggest obstacle, if you will, out there was those damn socialists. Um, and we had unity where we could, um, but usually it was more debates than unity. But um, these Moors, 
Um, and it's like there's so many different factions of them. It's it's crazy. You got those that follow Drew Ali, and you got those that don't. You got those that are just into the sovereignty package thing, and then you got those that that do some other stuff. You got some that say black, the term and the the, the color and all that is real, is horrible and bad, should be moved away from, and you got others that don't. You got some of them that are fully into Black's Law Dictionary, which I just find so funny and ironic, ironic that Caucasoids call their legal system and all the in, interpretive words for it and all that sort of stuff, Black's, Black Law. Um, but neither here nor there. So you got some folks that's all into that and other folks. On the good side, let me start here. Again, within the within the larger context of an African nation, some of those Moors who got this European Caucasoid law thing down, we can bring you into the nation because within the context we would need some people who understand Caucasoid law so that they can't run um, tricks on us, or if there's nothing that we could do to stop them, at least they will know so we can then, you know, brunt for the impact of what they've got to do. But again, since we don't have a functioning nation and there's not enough of us that are trying to put it together, we get understanding law, excuse me, understanding Caucasoid law as a totality of the movement. You also have some splinter Moors who believe in this damn Lemuria and move in Atlantis, which, if I was to address it properly, would be all cuss words. Here we have the largest continent on the planet that's all ours, and but yet you've got a faction of a faction of a faction of people who want to find places that arguably did not exist, that arguably were 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 fictions of Caucasoid's imagination, that arguably were places that were created just so white folks could say that other folks created the splendor of Kemet. Because what's funny is, so 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 they tried to say that Caucasoids created the pyramids and created Kemet, and that wouldn't fly. And they immediately went to Alien. They didn't even attempt to possibly entertain the discussion that maybe it was black folks that created it. They just skipped over that. If white folks didn't create it, it was Aliens that did it. And if it wasn't aliens that did it, it was some civilizations that were around even before Kemet. They came and created this stuff and then left, and all the technology that they used to create this over here, what they, they, they I guess they didn't use it well in the place that they was at because not only do we not have any records from Mu, Lemuria, or Atlantis, we don't even have a fucking land masses anymore. Come on. 
like if I was just to address that, it would be too expletive laden. <laughs> so these Moors, these folks that call themselves Moors. One thing that really irks me is that I have seen some of them use attempt to use our wisdom for their benefit. And 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 again it goes back to the the, the um Amin Rasquahai clip, brother Hunt. Go home. Go back to the source of all this stuff, which is Africa. You talk about Africa, you talk about um the glories of Africa, but you don't want to come home. And so they will use Dr. Clark. In this particular one that I saw, they're using Dr. Clark to attempt to uh, make a point about identity or something like that. And I'm like, your identity is messed up because you're not claiming African. You're claiming there's more crap. There are folks who have jumped on the more bandwagon because it was the last thing, it was the last group label that Europeans used in a positive light for us. I almost threw something in my computer when I heard that BS. The totality of our existence is based off of Europeans creating a name in a positive light for us? Really? Huh? And I've said this in the chat room before. This whole Moorish thing, as far as the actual tangible history of it, was a blip in our history. We are probably 300,000 years old as a people. If this one person's information is correct to say that ancient Kemet knew about the Moors, the, 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 the Africanized Moors, because they definitely would have been, wouldn't have been Arab, depending on how far back they go. And I, I want to check the dates on that, actually, um, but I'll go ahead and continue. It's still a blip in our history. It's, 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 if, let me, yeah, that's where I want to go. If Kemet knew about the Moors during their time, and, and again, I don't have the, the chronology of when this supposedly happened, we don't hear about no Moors until the Arab stuff. So obviously they must have just been some small group <laughs> that 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 had some ties with Kenneth. See, I'm gonna get more information on that. I, I don't even want to talk about that. Let's talk about more modern times. One thousand A.D. is when you had straight up Africans who were still building, you know, the grand civilizations, and then you. Then you have some Arabs come in. Around 1,000 and 1,100 A.D., yeah, then you start seeing more of a African and Arab, like half and half. Like beforehand, before around 100 years prior, it was mainly African with some Arab Moors. 
100 years follow after that, then you get more half and half. By 1200, the straight-up Africans are done. You got a few of them hanging around, and it's more time, if you will, which then moves us up into, and, and I'm bringing that up as far as we would love. One of the reasons why I call it the blip in time is because folks glom onto the Moorish thing because that was a, a more recent period in time when we kicked Caucasoids' butt for 600 years. So from 632 when they came in until the late 1400s when they reasserted themselves. Being able to say that for 500, for 600 years, we had Europe and Spain and all that in bondage, you know, we get to beat our chest a little bit because of that. It's a bit bravado type of piece. The majority of the players in that, especially during the later times, were Arab Moors, were Arabs. And they were Africans who had already basically left the majority of their Africanness and who had jumped ship and decided that the Arab culture was the way, the Moorish culture was the way. It is, I'm hard-pressed to, to de-link Moorish culture from Arabic culture. I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to do it. Moorish culture doesn't operate just outside. And for folks who want to say it's got some African links, and they're trying so hard. It's funny sometimes listening to these blog talk shows on how folks are really trying to make the Moors African in the totality. It's like, again, to tie it all in what we were saying, whose culture do you follow if you call yourself a Moor? First off, if you're calling yourself a Moor, <laughs> that might be problematic in itself, in and of itself. But let's say you want to identify with the Africans who did it and to the Africans who didn't become Arabi. I would then say, okay, that's cool. So then what names are, are you naming yourselves and your future generations? What spiritual system are you linked to and that you're giving reference to? What grouping of, of spirit forces are you calling on for um, further help in this reality? All those questions are intimately tied with culture. And all those questions are never really brought up when these folks had these Moorish conversations. Who's culture are you following when you call yourself a Moor? Whose values, whose spiritual systems, and what names? And those are just a few. We can keep going with that. But whose values, whose spiritual system, whose names are you given to yourself and your future generation? Whose cultural dictates are you following in dealing with women? Because traditional Africa, women up and down all of Africa were equal. <laughs> and it's within the cosmogony, and Ma'at is a female principle, and that 
organized all of Kemet's spiritual life, physical life, all of that. So we did not have problem with women. Those damn Arabs are covering them up so you can barely see their eyes. And in some of those cultures, they even got veils to go over the eyes too. So you can't see none of the women. So you moors, but not a big one. And I see the time is winding down. We'll we'll delve over a little in overtime because I want to really get this out. These more folks have some technology where they've done some information to find out that African people basically were the beginnings of every continent that's on the planet. We came out of Africa and we migrated to every place on the planet first before everybody else. So instead of claiming the mother in their abject hatred of Africa, they attempt to say, we're everywhere. We're a global people. We're universal people. What in the hell does that really mean? Again, how do you create society based off of that? How do you govern yourself based off of that? What spiritual systems do you create based off of that? We started someplace first, y'all, and it was that African cultural incubator that nestled all of Africa before we migrated out, before we got to all these other places on the planet. So I ain't denying that that part is true. That is true. But we started on this planet in the place that we now call Africa. So to try to skirt around that with some cute, and that that's a really new agey sounding trick. We're just everywhere. That, again, to me, that expresses that deep, deep hatred for Africa that's deeply embedded in us that we don't consciously fight against. And so we come up with that we're everywhere type of malarkey. It's true, but it's true within a context. And without that context, you're not saying nothing. We're going to play the closing real quick and then come back. Abibi Fahudier, Total African Liberation, Yabede Enkonim, We Will Be Victorious. See you after this clip. The way the system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work, and they will lose their control. All right, we're back. So everyone, I think, is may put your phones on mute just to make sure um, we don't hear um, babies crying or you farting or the NBA finals in the background or whatever's going on. Put your phone on mute. Um, 
because once the switchboard drops, then everyone will be brought in live and hot. Um, so, yeah, so this more thing. Um, we are everywhere. We did migrate to every landmass first. So, yes, black folks, Africans in Australia, Africans in New Zealand, Africans in Indonesia, African in Malaysia, Africans in the Solomon Islands, Africans in the Philippines, Africans in Japan, Africans in China, Africans all up through Russia and Europe, Africans down in Brazil and Argentina and Africans wherever. The the, the Adaman Islands with the Adaman folks. Yeah. 60,000 years, you know, 25,000 years, all of that. All that information, African presence in the globe is accurate. However, what was that phrase? African presence in the globe. It was their time in Africa before they migrated out that shaped who and what they were. So then when we migrated out, we took what we had and what we knew with us. We adapted certain things based on environment. We adapted other things based on, you know, information and all that sort of stuff. But these moors and their technology attempt to skirt past the mother, attempt to de-emphasize the mother, and just say, well, oh, I'm a person of the universe because black folks, wherever we, wherever there's a landmass, we was there. That's cute for somebody who ain't, who don't know nothing. <laughs> that may sound good to folks that's just been in this a year or two or three. But where'd they get their stuff from? Where'd they get their dark skin? They got their dark skin when they was in Africa for 200, 300,000 years. So these moors that seem to be regulated on the East Coast flood these blog talk shows, flood the chat rooms with partial knowledge, with half knowledge, with attempting to put their agenda above nation building. They love talking about sovereignty and selling sovereignty packets for a thousand bucks or something like that for folks. And I'm like, where are y'all build if y'all so sovereign, where's y'all sovereign land and where's y'all sovereign buildings? Y'all been doing this for about thirty, forty years now. I mean the sovereignty piece is probably new. Um, you know, Noble Drew Ali, they've been doing that since the twenties and whatnot. But where Where's all this sovereignty? Y'all selling sovereign packets. Where's the land? Where's the buildings? Where's the stuff? Because if y'all had all that, I'd still be African, but I'd probably go ahead and buy your packet so I can get some land and get some buildings and, 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 and call it this sovereign territory. But I don't even see y'all doing it. At least those of us in the African Center camp, we can point to the Council of Independent Black Institutions. We can point to CB for doing something. We can point to, throughout the nation, we have 
independent, ran by us schools that however many, however few, we are churning out future generations of African-centered people. We got some that's been around 20 years, some that's been around 30 years, some that's been around 10. Some have been closing, others are opening, but we still have some of them. There's about three or four of them just here in D.C. alone. I have a very, very good friend who was raised up to be the beautiful, now married African woman that she is, and she was raised and nurtured in an independent African, in an independent black institution in Detroit. I think they're closed now, unfortunately. But so, so we got that to point to. They're, they're still around. They still had their conferences, and they still had a science fair, um, churning out you know African ideas within the students in in the fields of science. So we got those to point to. But these moors, I'm just hearing a lot of rhetoric, a lot of talk, a lot of cute word play, but I ain't seeing nothing tangible from y'all. Y'all should know y'all role. We are not moors. Where's the land? Y'all want to use Dr. Clark, misuse Dr. Clark. He said your, 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 your group consciousness should be based off of land, history, and culture. Moorish culture essentially is Arab culture. Moorish history essentially is Arab history. There can be a few asterisks there because, again, it's possible that there were some Moors who were Africans and non-Arabs early, early on. And then as the Arab incursion came and as the, the, the Arabic culture came, then you see more of the African is washed out of this more stuff and it fully became Arabized. So there may be an asterisk with the history. But where is where is on a map Moorland? Don't give me no cute wordplay about Mauritania. Don't give me no uh, – that's, that's wordplay. The place that we now call Mauritania was African before folks called Moors came. It's it was African before the Arabs came and the Moors linked up with them to take it over and make what in now Mauritania is a quote unquote Arabized country. So 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 don't give me that as far as that's where the landmass is. So even using Dr. Clark, you misusing Dr. Clark and not following what he said, land history and culture. So no. No, no, no. For everyone who's in the sound of my voice, either live or who will get this on archive, do not fall for the Moorish trick. The more, the more lies, the worse. <laughs> I'm trying to be cute with words there. Um, I, I, I've spoken about this um, on other shows, and again, if you were listening earlier, you heard the brother aunt clip. The Moors, like everyone else, use and misuse our African-centered information for their benefit. They have half-read and partially read stuff of our stuff to further their agenda, not ours. 
they have taken a blip of our history, 600-year time, which wasn't all us, <laughs> and attempt to put that at the totality of who we are and attempt to say that's as far back as we need to go and want us to think that the totality of our existence has been some Moorish BS when it has not been. The first group of people on the planet were the San people, S-A-N, Khoisan, Khoisan. Another first, close to that first group of people, were the Twa people, Batwa people. If Moors were an African group originally, it was way, 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 way later in our history. So please don't get tricked. Don't get duped. Yes, we are everywhere. Yes, we were the first people on every landmass on on Earth right now. But we started somewhere also. And we started in the place that we now call Africa. And we were nurtured in this place that we now call Africa for 200 to 300,000 years. And then we migrated out. And then we populated the rest of the world. So you can't just mouth Africa. We're talking about being African. We're talking about reclaiming who we are. We're talking about re-Africanizing and de-whitenizing. So you can attempt to dance and skirt and scoot all around Africa as you want to with this nebulous, we were everywhere, half-truth. But we started somewhere. And the culture was fortified somewhere. And the spiritual systems were fortified. So the spiritual philosophy, the systems may have ch- the systems did change based on where we were, but the philosophies were fortified in the place that we call Africa. So when you go and you look at the Ottoman people in the Ottoman islands, blue, blue, black folks, and you look at their their, their spiritual activity, you see that circle dance. Where did they get that from? They brought it with them from Africa. You see them dressing up as gods, as the deities of those regions. Where did they get that from? They took that with them when they left the place that we now call Africa and landed up on those islands and decided to make that place their new home. And every group of us that are like those Ottoman people, the Negrillos in in, in the Philippines, um, some of those Old, old Han people, I think that's what it is, in Japan and China, um, the, 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 the so-called Dalits in India, the, um, the, um, the traditional folks, the, the Maori, there we go, of, of, of New Zealand, the traditional folks of Australia. Looking at them, first you see African folks. Obvious, but then when you look at their traditions, when you look at how they live, where 
where did they get that from? They took it with them from someplace, tweaked it based again on environment and on the reality of where they ended up, but how they deal with the woman, how they deal with nature and the environment, how they deal with the spirit forces, how they deal with themselves and govern themselves and all that sort of stuff, they brought that from the place that we now call Africa. So you Moors using that tricky, weird, from everywhere stuff, when you say that, you're more, you're more so showing your internalized hatred for Africa proper than saying something deep, which you think you are. And then lastly, so these folks who call themselves Moors, I guess they attempt to know more, even though they use Dr. Clark, Dr. Ben, Dr. Jackson, Stanley Poole, Ivan Sertima, since they use all those folks and they quote them, you know, ad infinitum on on the, 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 the veracity of, of Moorish existence. One thing that I find interesting is that all the folks that they use properly contextualize Moorish history. Dr. Clark don't call himself a Moor. He calls himself African. Dr. Ben don't call himself a Moor. He calls himself African. Chester Williams don't call himself a Moor. He calls himself African. All of these folks that these Moors attempt to use for their argument did not overemphasize Moorish history. They pulled out the information gave the names, gave the labels, gave the dates, but continued on with African history, African reality, and African existence. So did they get it all wrong? Did Dr. Clark miss something? Did Dr. Ben miss something? Did Dr. Jackson miss something? Did Dr. Williams miss something? Or are y'all wrong? I pick B. And other folks, B as well. Y'all are overemphasizing a blip of time in our history. Period. That's like, for folks who want to call themselves Moors, that's like me saying all black folks should call themselves Zulus because we kicked the British butt. We kicked the Dutch and all them, all the Caucasoids that came. We kicked their butt. Multiple times, you know, before that last time when British, Britain, I'm sorry, when they finally, you know, defeated defeated Shaka and got in and, and, and took over South Africa as they still got it now and all that sort of stuff. Before that, we was whooping their butts. I, 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 I can't remember the exact number, but they came like, I want to say double digit. They came like. 10, 12 times, and we whooped their back, whooped them back, whooped them back. So if we want to follow Moorish logic and we're glomming on to this Moorish thing because we had, we was kicking European Caucasoid butt for 600 years, I should then say we should all be calling ourselves Zulu. Forget the African thing. We are all Zulu because we kicked the Britain, we kicked Caucasoids' butt over and over and over again when they came and tried to invade. That sounds silly, right? 
it just sounds equally as silly when we when folks want to say that we're more parceling out a portion of our history but attempting to fit the totality of our history in that portion. That that's the best way. <laughs> that 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 that's the best way to sum up this whole Moorish thing. Pulling out a piece of our two hundred to three hundred thousand year history, a piece of it, and attempting to make to force that piece at the totality of our history. And that's wrong, and that's BS, and I will fight it <laughs> as much as I can, and other folks are going to fight it as much as they can. It's a, it's a distraction. It's an unnecessary distraction. It's not going to move us forward. It's holding us back. There's a lot of good Moorish brothers and sisters that are out there, but they're just sidetracked from this thing instead of getting into African nation building where then we can use their black law skills, where we can use some of the other stuff. But we're not going to use it if you want to be the totality of the movement, if you want to take over priority of identity, if you want to take Primordial status away from the place that we are. No, that's not going to happen. Know your role. You're a portion of, a portion within the larger narrative that we call African history. But Moorishness is not the totality of African existence. Stop misusing. Scholars, researchers, and activists who self-avowedly were Africans, and if they were alive today, (laughs) would be against what you're trying to use their words to do. Stop it. Because there's plenty of folks who are alive who knew them. Who who read everything they've written and who've heard everything they've said or close to it, so they have a very good grasp of what they meant, and they will pull you by your collar, pull you by your ear, and check you on misusing our scholars for ill intent. Dr. Ben ain't call himself no more; he's an African. Dr. Clark ain't call himself no more; he's an African. Stop misusing them. And don't be afraid to claim a terrestrial existence. It's okay. Caucasoids are pushing this galactic existence and universal existence and, 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 and planetary existence for deliberate reasons. If you're freaking out there in space, not connected to anything tangible, guess what? None of your money will be connected to anything tangible. None of your time will be connected to anything tangible. None of your blood, sweat, and tears will be connected to anything tangible because you're so busy floating out in space, 
you don't see the people dying under your feet that look like you. Come home, as Brother Ankh said. Stop using our black stuff without giving credit to its originators. No, better yet, stop using our black stuff and not, if you're going to, let me say it this way, if you're going to use our African stuff, use the values to change your personal life. If you're going to use the pyramids, use the spiritual system that created those pyramids. Because no Jesus, no Allah, no more, nothing was around when those 82 pyramids were built. Folks are dying out here. So this nebulous, new age, um, planetary, um, galactic, um, universal only helps white people. It only helps Caucasoids because that's one more person and one more person and one more person. Now you got three people who are not doing a damn thing to counteract what they, Caucasoids, are doing to us. Because you're too busy floating and floating to do anything real. So that faction of Moors who want to claim that we're everywhere so I don't have to claim Africanness, Caucasoids are applauding you. Because if you study the cultures of those people, of those African folks who were everywhere, you can trace it back to the place they now call Africa. And then, because see, the whole thing, because it's not about just information. It's not only about just reclaiming history. It is about transforming our minds and our behaviors. And for everybody to know me that's listening now, that's going to listen, y'all know I ain't perfect, and there's a whole bunch of stuff I could be doing better. But I at least know that. And the folks who have groomed me have constantly overemphasized that, not over, but has constantly emphasized that, that this whole African thing, the, the 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 gathering of information and knowledge and bits of data is step one. But then using that information for personal transformation is step two. And then using that information based off of your changed behaviors and actions and thoughts then you hook up with other folks who are doing the same thing, and then you begin to create plans for a nation. Then you begin to create plans for the community. We want to jump steps. And, again, maybe this is the first time folks are hearing it in steps because it's being done in a very unsystematic way, and that totally irks me to no end. 
get the personal, get the information down first on that personal level. Then change the thought. Change the way you interact with the world. Change the way you interact with women. Change the way you interact with spirit forces and the environment. Change the behaviors that you do. New holidays. I don't celebrate none of these damn Caucasoid holidays. I try not to even acknowledge them. I try to forget the day around. (laughs) But, again, the culture operates in such a fluid fashion that everything pumps out those particular holidays so you get hit by it in some way, shape, or form, fashion. But you, I don't participate in it. I get amped up for Quasia Dot, which every 40 to 42 days within the Akan system, the Akan culture, is a holy day where we acknowledge our ancestors our lineage-based ancestors, as well as the national ancestors to help move us forward. Those are the holidays that I get amped up for. I get amped up for Malcolm X's birthday. I get amped up for Marcus Garvey's birthday. A new set of holidays has changed the behavior. Pull yourself, and I can't even calculate how much money I save by not dealing with the Christmas nonsense. And as much as I have issues with with, with um, Karanga, I get amped up for Kwanzaa. I won't get into that right now, but I'm just I'm saying all this to say changing the behavior has to be a part of this too. Pulling the pants up, getting out of the dog-eat-dog world mentality, Getting out of women ain't nothing mentality. Getting out, get out of getting over off of everybody mentality. Now, if you want to get over on white folks, I ain't got a problem with that. I do that myself. <laughs> but I give all African folks benefit of a doubt until they prove to be a Negro or prove to be, you know, anti-African, all that sort of stuff, then I put them in that proper category. But I deal with all African people on a higher level first until they prove me wrong. That's how we got to get back to. Information is good, but information alone does nothing. Menu and Pim and towards black community development told us that one. Information alone doesn't change anything. You have to apply the information. And in applying it, you have to change stuff about you, yourself, the person listening right now. That's probably another reason why a lot of folks are fighting this African movement, this African-centered movement because we then become re-obligated to our ancestors. we got to do stuff for them. And we have to change up our behaviors. And folks like the confusion that we're in, even, even those who call themselves conscious. Folks like the, 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 the present behaviors that, that they exhibit, that we call 
black culture, which is nothing, which, oh, man. What we call black culture is basic, you know, it's got some African creative elements to it, but it's basically what happens when a group of people aren't allowed to operate out of their own culture and and are moved by the dictates of another culture that's anti them. And so you have to do what you can do within it to survive. Um, all of the most negative aspects, aspects and messages are then lived out by us because, again, our culture isn't set up properly to act as a defense mechanism and a buffer against all that BS. So white folks call us niggas, so then we're going to try to accept that term, and now we're trying to be cute and make it a term of endearment. White folks don't want us don't want to see us sagging our pants, but we're going to sag it so we can show them our ass, even though that's some prison culture shit. We are now, white white folks call call our women bitches, now we call our women bitches. Now we try to say it's beautiful, intelligent, talented, charismatic human, some crap, like Tupac, <laughs> never ignorant, getting goals. No, stop falling for their labels, period. But again, that's what happens when you don't have the cultural buffer. That's black culture. We don't have our African cultural buffer properly attached, so we take on all the worst aspects of European culture. We've tweaked it for our experience, added a little bit of African creativity to it, i.e. hip-hop, i.e. jazz, all the other sort of stuff, i.e. rock and roll, and it's called black culture. But obviously, black culture, especially what we created here in America, obviously ain't enough to get us out of what we into because we're in it. So, yeah. So please do not get tricked. Went off on a little tangent there. Don't get tricked by this Moorish technology. It's partial truths cloaked in Arabism and a whole bunch of, whole bunch of, whole bunch of lies. And misinformation You are An African person And we can find out The specific cultural group you come from But step one is at least Linking yourself Positively to the Tangible landmass That right now is called Africa Study it Learn it Get the static elements That have stood the test of time Down North, East, South, West, Central. Understand those concepts. Get those down, packed. Make them real in your own life. You got the cardinal virtues. You got the, um, a, a, the, the, the admonitions to, to, to Ra, the, the 42 admonitions to Ra. You've got the seven cardinal virtues. You've got Ewa um, Pele. That concept of the Yoruba, uh, we we have different conceptual means by which to transform our reality and get back in touch with our Africanness. We just have to consciously and deliberately 
do it. And no amount of Moorishness is going to get us any closer. So don't fall for that trick. So we tied it all together with the culture piece and the what culture are the Moors following. We tied and we broke down what culture was. And, and again, the totality of this was not focused on the Moors, just this last part. Uh, but it is a um, obstacle in the way of further liberation, especially with the, the, the ferventness of, of some of these zealots. Yeah, I'm calling some of them zealots. And black means death. That's what it is. Black means death. And and the only way to fight this beast is is by understanding his laws. And if your name is all capitals, that means you're not an Some of that is good to know. Some of that, definitely use it. But you're an African. And there's an African culture, African languages, African spirit systems. African values, all of that. That once we get back in touch with that and make it real for us, changing the behaviors, then we've got the real work to do as far as building a nation, building a community, building a nation. And that that, that splinter in the But of Africa called Moorishness is a piece of our history trying to become the totality of our history, and it's just not true. All right, so we'll wind up there. Uh, Again, thanks to everyone who did listen, um, who was in the chat room. Uh, thanks to everyone who's downloading, uh, who's following the show. Um, next week, um, I think I'll finally be finished with Identity Confusion Part 3, and I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh it's a shame there's this much to say about being confused about who you are, but it is what it is, so we go with that. Um, but, yeah, but maybe. Um, might be moved in another direction to do something, so. Um, follow, follow us, favorite us, so you can keep up with what's going on. But yeah, this is the new home, 9 o'clock on Sundays, Africa's Reascension. Let me see if I can close, fully close, with my promo one more time, see if the um, switchboard will let me. So again, after the promo, we're just going to end, so... If it plays, <laughs> Abibi Fahodier, Toto.
not partial, total African liberation, Yebede, Yebedi, Inkonim. You see that that's an African language. That's not Arabic because I'm not a Moor. So <laughs> Yebedi, Inkonim, we will be victorious. See you next week. Tell some friends. Click the ads on the page. Check out YouTube, Africa's Reascension channel. Africa's reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. We're at war! 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. When are we going to, as African people... Step up the dialogue. Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. And uncompromising, unapologetic, African centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamau301. K A M A U 301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. 760-454-1111. 760-454-1111. As of this moment, we are at war. There's no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace without, without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. What kind of God do you wish him? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Was this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301.